Okay, this Fabrengen was given on the second night of Pesach, after the Seder. Uh, many years the Rebbe would Fabreng after the Seder. And this is from 1963. It's known that on the nights of Passover, there are very lofty revelations. Just like when Hashem took us out of Egypt the very first time. The Torah says, Hashem took us out of Egypt with Meira Godel. What's Meira Godel mean? Our sages say this means the Shekhinah was revealed. At the time that Hashem took us out of Egypt, there was a revelation of the Divine Presence. And not just any level of the Divine... I don't know if we have that book. Uh, but you can make it bigger. No, no, no it's fine. Um, it says in in the. Um, it says in, in the um, the nusach in the language of the Haggadah, Hashem took us out of Egypt, not through an angel, not through a messenger, rather Hashem in His glory, He Himself took us out of Egypt. So Rebbe Hashab says that the the words His glory and Himself refer to the divine attributes of Malchus and Teferis before the Tzimtzum. It's a very lofty revelation. That's what happened the first time, and that's what happens every year on the night of the Seder. There's a revelation of, of Galenus. And although we don't feel these revelations, but we know that this is the reality. And this knowledge has to be to us something that's, that's a given. There was once uh, a time when the Rebbe Rashab went on a trip. The previous Rebbe relates this in one of his talks. And he went for a trip to a, uh, to a sort of, uh, for, for health reasons, to re- recuperate in uh, one of the nearby cities. And he went together with uh, a few people. And during this trip, one of the passengers asked Rebbe Rashab about angels. And it sounded like he didn't ask this question with, um, with the greatest respect. It sounded like he asked this question with a little bit of an edge in his voice about like his skepticism about the angels. So Rebbe Rashab said, let me give you a, a parable. And the parable he gave him is this trip itself that we are taking. In this trip that we are taking now to go to this, um, this nearby village, there are three opinions about the purpose of this trip. There is the opinion of those who are people who are sitting in, within the wagon. Their opinion is the purpose of this journey is to arrive at the place that they want to, to rest, to, to recuperate, in order, they should, in order that they should be able to serve Hashem with renewed energy. So therefore they're going to this health resort in this nearby village, in order to recuperate, have new, new energy to serve Hashem. That's their opinion about the purpose of the journey. Opinion number two is the opinion of the wagon driver. His intent in this journey is in order to get paid and to feed his family. And third, we have the opinion of the horse. He doesn't think about the existence of the two villages, the one that he left and the one he's going to. The only thing he's thinking about is the straw. There used to be Oh, Chaim Peretz. Oh, Hashem. Yeah, well, I don't count on it. <laughs> I don't like to count on anything. I'm sleeping with you. 
Baruch Hashem. The numbers, you must be at 180 today. No, man, I'm like at 67. I'm just dragging my wagon. You missed the one from. So, the the way that they would, um, um, uh, the method they would use to encourage the horses to run quicker was that they would take the bag of straw and they would hang the bag of straw in front of the eyes uh, of the uh, of the horse, the hay, and in order that the horse should run, because he sees the the hay in front of him, right. he would uh, run to get, get that hay. So Rebbe Hashab concluded and said, because the horse thinks about the hay, does that mean the angel isn't an angel? <laughs> so just because our mind isn't in ooh asmach the, sevisrael. The the point of the analogy is that uh, the the horse may be thinking about the the whole purpose of the journey is about the straw and the uh, and the wagon driver is thinking the purpose of the journey is is in order to get paid is in order to get paid, but the, the reality is different. The purpose of the journey, of course, is for the one who planned the journey, their brashab. And uh, in a similar way, just because this person asking the question doesn't believe in angels, it doesn't change the reality. The angels are still angels. So, regarding our subject, there are lofty revelations that happen on, on Pesach. And although the, our horse, our animal soul, only feels the physical reality, doesn't feel the spiritual reality, nevertheless, you're able to explain to your animal soul there are many proofs that spirituality exists. And not only can you prove to the animal soul that spirituality exists, but more that, 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 um, that spirituality is the real reality. And it's only that the animal soul doesn't feel the spiritual, the f- spirit, the spiritual reality, but the real it's a, there are many proofs that you could prove to the animal soul as well that he should realize that the real reality is the spiritual one, not the physical one. And therefore, uh, we have to learn about what's happening in the night of the Seder. Even though we don't necessarily feel these lofty revelations, night of the Seder, we have to know this is, re- this is the fact. The fact is that night of the Seder, just like the first time, there were these, these lofty godly revelations that happened. So to every year, night of the Seder, there is a huge revelation again on on every Passover. Another point relative to this, based upon the teaching of the Alt Rebbe, who passed away 150 years before the Rebbe shared the, this this talk, they once asked the Alt Rebbe, "Why does he talk about such lofty things? It seems that there's no gain in talking about these lofty things because we're not up to." The, the level that you're, that you're speaking about. Al-Tabra was shared these lofty concepts in Hasidus, and people were asking, why are you talking about all these things? These things are not things that we can relate to. So the Al-Tabra answered, it says when Mashiach will come, Hashem will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. The Al-Tabra says, it doesn't say Hashem will remove the brain of stone, but the heart of stone. So that means... Uh, I mean, you would think it should say both because a person has, has a heart, a person has a brain. So you'd think that when Mashiach comes, the Torah should say, I'll tell you, Hashem will remove the heart and brain of stone. But the answer is, is that regarding the brain of stone, regarding our insensitivity of our mind, there's something we could do about this during the time of the exile as well. That we need to make an effort to remove the brain of stone by learning and understanding.
And uh, regarding the heart of stone, that, that our, that, in other words, that our understanding isn't felt in our heart, that we can't do perfectly today through our efforts. For that, in order to feel the essence of godliness, to feel the real reality, it's not just to feel the, the existence of godliness, but to feel the essence of godliness, for that we need to have a grace for being who you are. And, and the nature of the uh, heart is that um, the heart only gets excited about something that it feels the essence of what it is. And that's the novel um, achievement of the coming of Mashiach, that then Hashem will remove the heart of stone because um, we'll, we'll, we'll sense the, uh, we'll, we'll see the essence of godliness and therefore that will excite our hearts. But that's all accomplished by us before that, during the exile, removing our own brain of stone. In other words, we have to learn what we can learn now. We're able to learn. And yes, we can't understand the essence of what we're learning. We learn about, about various things. We only know the, the, the existence of those things, but what those things really are. We only will know when Mashiach comes. However, we have to um, use our mind to understand Hasidus, and the Mashiach, when the Mashiach comes, we'll, we'll see the essence, we'll see the, 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 um, what's, what, what's behind those terms that we're using. We're using the term, let's say, for example, Atzilus. We'll see what Atzilus really is. And that's why when Mashiach will come, uh, it says Hashem will remove the heart of stone. So, because the, the brain of stone is something, thank you, the brain of stone is something that we can do on our own. And that's why the author says, I speak about these lofty concepts, because by learning about these things, at least in our minds, by at least trying to remove the brain of stone, this will bring us to the fulfillment of the verse, Hashem, when Mashiach will come, that Hashem will, will remove the heart of stone. So that's what the author said about learning deep concepts in Hasidus in general. And the same also applies regarding our subject. Although our animal soul, although our, our horse cannot understand the essence of godliness, and even the godly soul, which is inside the animal soul, is vested in the animal soul, and is vested in worldly things, and it's affected by worldly things. Even the godly soul cannot understand the essence of godliness, the way it is in the animal soul. However, since every single one of us has a godly soul, we have to think about godly concepts, even lofty godly concepts, at least to know, what they, at least to know the facts that they exist, and think about them in a way that our animal soul should somehow understand something of that, according to the animal soul's level. And Chassidus uses the term, being close to Hashem is good for me. Usually that term is meant to be derogatory, that there's two different ways a person can approach his closest to Hashem. One is, being close to Hashem is good, or being close to Hashem is good for me. So it's, a lot, it's higher when you're thinking about just being close to Hashem is good and not thinking about yourself. But the animal soul isn't up to that level. For the animal soul, you just have to, you have to convey to the animal soul the selfish benefit it will have of being close to Hashem. Because the animal soul is selfish. So in order to, the, so, so if you take these concepts you're learning about, the Rebbe says, and explain them to the animal soul, so the animal soul should, re, should realize that being close to Hashem is good for it. And that will elevate and purify the animal soul. So although temporarily, we do not understand and... Okay. Chaim. It's a very, very powerful distinction. A lot of us say, yeah, this is good for people. 
The truth is, one is actually not good for you, it makes you selfish. You're not going to get you to the right direction, but the other one is actually more, it's good, period. It's true what you're saying, but in the many letters the Rebbe, Rebbe says that the people try to do that, right. try to do the one, oh, it's close to him, it's good. And they don't think it's relevant to them personally. They say, oh, it's it's good for other people to close to Hashem. It's okay, like, um, yeah. And so so it has so. Has to be the proper, obviously, connection. We're 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 more animal souls than we are godly. I mean, our identity is our neshama. That's our true identity. But our conscious reality is our animal soul. So, the 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 the, 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 the big game changer that that has to happen in ourselves is that being close to Hashem is good for me. That our subjective reality should feel. It's good for me to be close to Hashem. It's selfish, but it's that's the one that that's the game changer. That's the one that that changes the climate in my mind when I'm, when I'm going to do something that's that's a mitzvah that I'm not. I don't that, I, that doesn't directly benefit my animal soul. I'm going to eat chicken soup. So my animal soul, yeah, this is a good idea. Being close to Hashem is good for me. But I'm going to say answer yesh rabba. So it depends on the day. So if I felt this is good for me, this is really good for me. I'm doing yesh rabba. That's amazing. Like I was hearing, hearing yesterday about uh, one of our uh, um, um, fellow um, students in this class, uh, how he, when he first became uh, religious, he would say the entire siddur every single day. The whole siddur. He sat down and he dived into the whole siddur. Because wow. he just felt, this is just great. This is, this is good. This is good. He felt as a human being, this is, this is just the best stuff in the world. So I should just do this. And that, uh, that, that, that's, that, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a game changer. Being close to Hashem is good. It's supposed to be good for me. That's, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's it's, it's even greater. That's even better. But step one for ourselves is to be close to Hashem is good for me. So, although temporarily, um, we don't know, we don't understand the essence of, the, of what we're learning about. We just know the existence of it. And it doesn't affect our heart as much today because we don't understand the essence of what we're learning. Nevertheless, we're promised that we will see when the Sheikh will come. Absolutely. What's the last name? Okay. 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 It says Hashem will remove the heart of stone from our flesh. So by us trying to remove the brain of stone, this will bring us to see that Hashem will remove the heart of stone and we'll actually see what we're talking about. And so too regarding the revelations of Pesach. Since the Torah in general, and our Rebbes especially, are telling us that on the nights of Pesach there's a revelation of godliness and a lofty revelation. A revelation of Hashem in His glory is being revealed, which represents, those words represent the revelations before the Tzimtzum, to Ferris and Malchus of Yinsaf, revelation of Hashem's essence. So we don't have to think about ourselves. What does that have to do with me? How, what, what connection do I have to this revelation? Rather, you have to think about these concepts in a way that you should recognize in your mind this is the reality. Although all you're doing is altering your mind, but when Mashiach will come, you will merit to the Hashem will alter and, and reveal, take away the heart of stone, so you'll actually experience this revelation. So although it says in Tanya that, um, that there's a concept of a personal redemption, that every, even before Mashiach comes, it's possible to have a personal redemption, it says in Tanya that every Jew in the Daven be able to experience a personal redemption, um, so removing the heart of stone not just the brain of stone it's, it's possible that this can happen as well uh, before Mashiach comes but 
Yeah. So, so just like it says in Tanya that it's possible to, to remove, to, to have a personal redemption, so too it's also possible to have a, remove a heart of stone. Some people can experience this revelation even before Mashiach comes. And, uh, and that itself, that a person is able to remove the heart of stone from himself, that itself speedens the coming of Mashiach. Um, that was the end, of the end of the first talk at this uh, at this Febrengen. This Febrengen there was there was uh, no lachaim because you know it was after the seder. Can't eat after the seder. No, so it was just 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 pure uh, pure chassidus um, um, without any uh, no additives and derivatives. So so uh, it, it, it just 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 to think about this concept for a second. They're saying you you can't feel what's happening. You can't feel what's happening. At least in your mind, you should know what's going on. The fact that you know in your mind what's going on, that itself is, is valuable. That itself does something. Yes, Mashiach comes, you'll know in your heart what's really going on. You'll be able to see it. But just knowing in your mind the reality, what's going on, that itself is valuable. It's a step towards Mashiach and it's a step towards getting it to your heart. And that, that itself has a value. Okay, let's now go into the second part of the uh, talk. The, um, in, 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 the, in these Fabrengans, the Rebbe would discuss the various parts of the Seder. The part of the Seder that Rebbe addresses is the child asking Manishtan. Why is this night different than all the nights? So in old Sidurim, the way this, um, this, this, um, the Manishtana was um, introduced was with the following phrase. Here, the Ben is shoyel ma. Here the child asks ma, what, why is this night different? But the words ben and ma themselves, without translating them in the literal translation, the child asks manishtana, they also have a spiritual meaning. Ben and ma refer to the godly revelation in Atsilus. Ban refers to the revelation of the lowest level of Atsilus, level of Malchus. And ma refers to the revelation, a high revelation in Atsilus, the attributes of the emotions of Atsilus. As we learned many times, Malchus is the source of, of the ten utterances with which Hashem made the world. And the uh, Midas, the feelings of Atsilus, are uh, just like our, in ourselves, our feelings produce our words. So too there is, in, let's say in, in day two of creation, which is today, Hashem says, let there, let there be a sky. So there is a specific creation that Hashem makes with the Malchus. But then there is the emotions. Well, what kind of creations does He make? He makes a creation associated with concealment and separation. The, the sky, as we know, is not just referring to the sky, but it's also referring to a separation of the higher and the lower realms. So, so that's the general meaning of, of, of Bain and Ma. Ben refers to the lower revelations, the, the, the speech of Hashem. And Ma refers to the higher revelations of Atzilus, the attributes of the emotions. So the Ben asks Ma means that the attribute of God's speech asks that it should receive more revelation from the spheres above it. The, the Midas of Atzilus, the emotions are the giver, and Malchus' speech is the receiver. Again, our speech is animated by our feelings, so too is this in, in the divine realm as well. So the speech asks the emotions, I want to receive more. So it, it's not just about these individual um, divine spheres, these individual divine revelations, but 
they re- they're representative of much more. As it says in the Mimer of Der Brashab, that was written in his handwriting and printed in the Torah or uh, regarding the cherubs. There's, it says that there were two cherubs, one cherub on one side of the ark, one cherub on the other side of the ark. So Rabbi Hashab said that the two cherubs correspond to these two attributes and how the emotions of Atzilus are, are, are connected to the, lower, the, the, the lowest point of the higher revelation and the um, sphere of Malchus, the attribute of Hashem's speech, represents the highest point of the, of the lower worlds. So these two these two spheres, these two levels connect to all the spiritual cosmos. So the child asking Ma the Ben asking Ma, includes the entire spiritual cosmos, all of the levels. That all of the levels of the spiritual cosmos are all in a state of giver and receiver. There was a chassid of the Rem Marash, who was a very, uh, he was up there, he was one of the on the all-star team. And he came to Amarash and he asked Amarash for a blessing for his physical livelihood. And the Amarash walked over to the window and he showed him when the sun was setting. And he said, the night receives from the day. The moon receives from the sun. Malchus receives from Zah. And he kept on going, explaining the whole, how, how, how there's a whole continuum of one receives from the other. And then he concluded, by your, in your old age, you will have all that you need. Nothing will be missing to you in your parnasa in your old age. And that's what happened to him. His whole life, he was very rich. But at the end of his life, he lost all of his possessions. And he needed to beg for bread at the end of his life. Uh, um, may Hashem protect us. So then he understood what the Rebbe Rash meant when he said, until your old age, I, I, I skipped the word, until your old age, you'll have all that you need. <laughs> until, but not including. So according to this, um, the, so, so, so the idea of the Ben asking Ma, that's what happens all year. All year the lower sphere is asking the higher sphere. So why is this unique to the nights of Passover? Always the lower sphere asks to receive from the higher sphere, the lower level of divinity, wants to receive more from the higher level of godly revelation. So why is this unique to the night of Seder? Every night of Passover, and not every night of the year, every day of the year, every moment of life, there's always this, this, this relationship between the lower and the higher. So the explanation is like this. Based upon what it says in Arizal. It says in Arizal, that the um, the Torah says about the um, exile in Egypt that Paro told the Jewish midwives if a woman gives birth to a boy you should kill him so the word son is also related to the sphere of Malchus because again Ban refers to the sphere of Malchus so the Egyptians wanted to stop the revelation of Zah. So, in Benu, the Koyal, Vamitano say, they said, once there'll be revelation of the Midas, of the, of the emotions of Atsilus, there'll be no room for Egypt to be able to get any nourishment, for the opposite of holiness to get any nourishment from, from, uh, um, from that which is higher. Only when Zah 
is hidden, only when the Midas of Atzilus are hidden, and, and there's no revelation in Malchus, then Egypt is able to receive nourishment. Therefore they were saying, in Bein Huva say, if there'll be this revelation, I made a mistake. Ben does not refer to Malchus. Ben refers to, although we just said before that Ben refers to um, um, Malchus, that's Ben and Gematria. There's the Gematria of the word son. The Gematria of the word son is the Mida of Malchus of Atzilus. And then there is the actual, uh, the, the, a male in the, in the um, relationship of Malchus and Zah, the male, the giver, is, is, is the attributes of the emotions of Atzilus. And they feed into the speech of the, the, the divine utterances. So if, so the Egyptians said, we do not want to have Ben, we do not want to have the male revelation, meaning the higher revelation, which gives into the female, um, into Malchus, into the Hashem's speech, we don't want, we don't, we, we, because if that happens, we won't be able to receive any, um, any, any uh, that, that, that will disintegrate us. So, in short, we learned in so far as like this. We learned that night of the Seder, the Haben Ma, the lower sphere of Malchus, is asking to receive a higher revelation from the emotions of Atzilus. And our question was that this should happen all year because the whole year there is this, this there is this um, relationship of giver and receiver. And why is this specifically associated with uh, Pesach? So to understand this, we, we went off to discuss the Egyptians' complaint or Egyptians' plan to kill all the firstborn, that the killing of the firstborn means that they wanted it to stop the revelation from the higher spheres of, of Atzilus. We continue. That's a very good question. I, I, what I think is, is that there is um, there's a simple story, then there is the spiritual counterpart of the story. So I, I, not necessarily just in their consciousness, the Egyptians, but this is where it came from. That's what I, I think. I didn't, I didn't, I don't, there was a, there's a story how it is, happens in this world, and a story how it happens in higher worlds, and, it, and each world comes from the other. So they're saying this is the, this is the deeper story. This is, this is where it comes from. I think so. Okay.